It's another edition of the DFL Before DNF podcast. Today we have Tamar Hicks. Tamar makes a major announcement about a world record he's going after related to the half marathon distance. And I think you're going to love it because I love it. Instagram serves up his content to me a lot because I think Instagram knows that my mechanics of running are pretty bad. And he specializes in helping make runners run better and more efficiently. So we talked about my 100-mile woes, my form problems, and really what the purpose of mobility preparation does for your big efforts, your long efforts. And we laughed a lot, too. It was good to have tomorrow. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, well, welcome to the DFL Before DNF podcast. My name is Josh Rosenthal. We've been exploring the topic of late race survival, really in the context of 100 milers. But today I'm super excited to have my new friend Tamar Hicks join me. Uh, I've been a fan of his for a while, watching what he does uh, on Instagram which it's funny how much, you know, stuff, stuff is out there on Instagram to consume. And I, you know, I'm a lover of the sport of, of running mostly in the realm of ultra marathon, but I don't know, Instagram thought that I needed to see what Tamar is doing. And so it serves it up quite a bit, but it's good. I, I don't know how to, how else to describe it other than it's just been, it's, it's useful. And I think that's what I need right now in my journey, you know, to, to get my next hundred miler, under my belt, I've DNF'd seven of my eight attempts at the 100-mile distance, and I just love it so much I'm going to go again despite the evidence, you know, saying that I don't – it doesn't warrant me going again. I just love it too much, though. And But this time, I'm, I'm trying to gather wisdom um, from specialists, generalists in the field just to help me get better on race day. So I'm super excited for it, but glad to have tomorrow. Before we go into specialty, I want to get to know you as a person. So how about you tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Yeah. So, um, I'm from Dallas, Texas. I actually grew up born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Um, that's really where all of my roots are. Uh, okay. I have family you go to high in school? Arkansas, uh, at Mansfield Timberview. It's in the Arlington area. Okay. Yeah. My so, brothers um, went to Western Hills high school in okay. West Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's probably, I would say, 30, 40 minutes away from me. Okay, nice. Yeah, and um, I actually, so my my family is from Arkansas, from the Little Rock, really a small town, uh, Pine Bluff, Wabasika, Arkansas. But mm-hmm. my parents actually moved to Dallas when I was born. So the house that I grew up in, they bought like the day before I was born. It's a crazy story, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I never lived in Arkansas, but those are like, you know, kind of like in my roots. That's essentially where they came straight from. And Did you and go there for there. the holidays and stuff? Yeah. I've been to Arkansas quite a bit. Um, in recent years, not as much now that I'm, you know, kind of been a lot more independent, you know, uh, yeah. ever since moving away. But, um, and after college, really, when I got to college is when it really started slowing down for me um, going back and forth, uh, from Dallas, Arkansas, but, uh, yeah. So I've been in Dallas my whole life, except for nice. the nine years I was in Houston. Um, I went to college at Lamar university, which is a, a, uh, about an hour outside of Houston in Beaumont, Texas. Oh wow! And so yeah. I, 
in 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 that part of my life, I was back and forth to Houston all the time because Beaumont is a is a relatively small city. So a lot of things that you want to do, uh, you normally are going to take that drive, especially as a college yeah. student. Yeah. Were you were you running in college? Yes, actually. So um, I ran essentially my whole life. I started running in in uh, seventh grade, and I really was just kind of doing it for fun. Yeah. Um, I didn't start taking running and track seriously until my junior year of high school when I got the opportunity to to run varsity because someone had uh, got injured and so I was their alternate and I got to go to regionals. <laughs> and it was just um amazing experience. And so that's really where I was like, you know what, I can probably try to do something with this. Yeah. And so um, towards the end of that junior, my junior year, my senior year, um, that's when I really, really got involved in running. And I had the pleasure of being on, at the time, the number one four by four in the nation Ooh. because of my teammate. Um, he was Aldridge Bailey. I don't know if you maybe heard him if you're into the track like that, but um, he had the 400 record, the high school 400 record. So he was running 41 or 45 one. No way. <laughs> you know, it's 17 years old and he Gosh. was our anchor. So, <laughs> so did, uh, because did he of that, win I was state? Exposed. Yeah, he did win state. Um, he he saved us a lot on our four by four too. I will say that. I believe um, but it. because so of him, he was I was the anchor. Exposed. Yeah, he was the anchor. Yeah, man, I went right. to the. So I graduated. So I grew up. I was in Fort Worth for twelve years, and then I was in Lubbock, Texas, for seven years before moving to Salt Lake City. Okay. And my senior year of high school, graduated from high school in Lubbock, but we went to the state track meet in uh, in Austin. And it was, so this would have been 01. It was a guy named Jonathan Johnson who ran. And it it was just the, even though I, you know, ultra running is my thing. It, I, oh, I'm sorry. It was the four by 100. Is that true? Oh, okay. No, four by 400. He was like okay. 200, <laughs> he was 200 meters behind and he caught the guy. And it was, it was just the most fun I've ever had. Like I, what's funny about watching a hundred milers, it's like, it's, you're watching for like, 18 hours, <laughs> right. but the yeah. four by 400, man, it's just the most exciting thing in running. I just love it so much. That's cool. That you yeah. Do. Three minutes of straight sprinting. Crazy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, so were you a 400 meter specialist in college? No. So it, uh, it kind of kept evolving because like, kind of like I said before, um, I got into track late, so I really didn't know what I was good at. Yeah. Um, so I got recruited for the 400. And when I got to college, I ran a 400 the first couple of years. And then I started okay. dabbling in the 800. <laughs> and the 800 is kind of where I sat. That's, that okay. was like, okay, this is where I want to be. I really yeah. enjoyed, you know, running the 800 because I personally didn't think I always had the speed for a 400 mm. runner. Like I would, you know, I would split 48, 49 on the 4x4. Four four, but yeah. the 800 is a, you know, a two lap sprint essentially. And I've always had endurance. And I kind of mm. knew that growing up as well. When we would do our, you know, our practice, we would do our like mile time trial. I would always win it and I wouldn't even a mile. So I was like, well, you know, maybe I can kind of use this speed and, and just add endurance to it. Hmm. So um, when I got to college, my junior year is when coach was like, okay, we're going to make you, <laughs> and shout out to Tony, my college coach, we're yeah. going to make you a, a better 800 runner. So he threw me across country. That's the oh. first time, first time I've ever experienced cross country as a sport, and I'm doing it on a D one <laughs> level. So, so you are oh, actually yeah, competing. Crazy. You're yes. actually competing. Nice. That's yeah. Fun. And and um, 
that's really what kind of got me into running long distance. Um, so he just kind of threw me into the wolves and, and I held my own. Um, so the conference meet of my senior year, I actually qualified for regionals and um, got to go to, you know, University of Arkansas. And it was just, it was crazy because I would have never guessed five years prior to that, that I'd be, yeah. you know, competing on a, on a national level in cross country running. A, and you know, so fun that it was in Arkansas too. Yeah. You're right back to right in Fayetteville. So that's, um, great. that's really what kind of got me in, into running longer distance. And it dropped my 800 time in the span of two years. I went from mm. 158 to 151. Wow. So I was like, okay, definitely mileage is, is what's needed you know, for me to kind of progress. And when I graduated, I knew that when, you know, kind of with track, once you kind of finish college, if you don't go pro, that's kind of it. I mean, until you mm -hmm. get to master's age, mm -hmm. there's really not much you can do. So for me, it was either stop running or start running more. And that's kind of how <laughs> I got into, <laughs> how I got into road racing. Um, okay. I started doing a lot in, you know, Spartan racing. I started running marathons. Mm. All of that was post-college. Oh, interesting. So what, uh, so after, after you left college, when, when was your first half marathon or marathon? Yeah, it was actually a, a pretty big gap. So, um, I had, when I, I was trying to figure out the, the whole, you know, should I continue running or should I, you know, yeah. stop. And I actually went five years without running after graduating college. Whoa. Um, basically <laughs> just stagnant. And then yeah. it was the Olympics actually in mm. 2021 okay. where I was watching and I was getting so hyped because really? this is what I do. This is what I love. And I'm like, man, I miss it. And so it was the Olympic trials in 2021 when I told myself, I'm going to run every day for a year. I'm just going to okay. do it. And so that's kind of what kickstarted me getting back into running. And I was averaging, mm. I believe it was four, four and a half miles a day for 365 days. And <laughs> after that, it was, you know, after that, it was no stopping me. So what, what, what was it at the, the Olympics specifically? Were you watching the track or was it the marathon or just, or was it just all of it? Yeah, it was all of it. Um, it was really the, uh, the 800. So, okay. Because I, the thing is, for me, my last race in college, um, I didn't even make it to the finals. And I was ranked, I think, three or four in the conference. And that oh, was so frustrating to me. So I always consider, like, my last race was my worst 800 of my entire life. And I, that to this day, that's like one of my... That hurts. Big, yeah, it hurts so much. And so when I see people be successful in it, it kind of, you know it kickstarted that like, well, maybe I can, you know, go back in and try to fix it. Maybe I could run it again, run it better. Mm. And I didn't know that I was going to get into longer distances. My initial, you know, idea was to try to get back in 800 shape. And um, it's, it's funny because I think that I'm probably in the best shape of my life now that I've ever been. And mm. I do no speed work. Um, oh, dang. You know? really? Yeah. So I, I just always think like, well, if I were to ever get back into that, which I know I will, I'm, I'm pretty sure I will, because especially with the Olympics coming back around, I know. who knows what's going to happen this year? I might, yeah. I might start really trying to train for that again. Hmm. What do, What do you think of yourself as now, in terms of? I mean, you're clearly, and we'll get to this, but you're clearly like an educator of sorts within the sport, um, right? 
and I know in professionally, I believe you're a pharmacist. Is that true? Yes, correct. Okay. So you've got all this going, but then when you view yourself as a runner, are you looking, are you a marathoner? Are you a half marathoner? Are you still an 800 guy? Like how do you, what, how do you see yourself? Right now I would say I'm a half marathoner. I, I thoroughly enjoy running half marathons. That's yeah. like my go-to race. Um, I, sometimes I try to, you know, get into the 5k. I don't know if I necessarily have, like, I know I have the mile speed for the 5k, but I don't know if I can hold it, you know, for three miles. Mm. Cause, you know, 5k, I, I think my PR right now is 17, 19. And, Dang. you know, if, to be competitive in it, you got to drive, I got to drive at least another three minutes. So I never okay. really think about, um, the 5k with the half marathon though. I enjoy it because it's, it's, it's in that, that happy medium. So I've ran mm-hmm. two marathons before and okay. I, I definitely understand the addiction behind them. Just the, the accomplishment that you feel from finishing them. I just don't think that I train enough to be competitive in that. And when I train, I always train to be competitive just because that's just, you know, that's where I came from. Yeah. Um, so I, I normally don't just run something just to run it. I'm running it because I want to be good at it. Yeah. Do you have your sights set on a, a particular half right now, or are you, are, you, are, you, are you? What sort of training block are you in right now? Yeah, so that's an interesting subject because I haven't told anybody this, but I'm actually training to um, break the world record for the half the fastest half marathon wearing handcuffs. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't told anybody that, but that's oh man, that's fantastic. <laughs> at the uh Cowtown um marathon at the end of February. Yeah. Um, because it has to be at a world, you know, championship or a USA track and field sanctioned race. And the fourth word um marathon is one. That's actually where they used to have the world championships for the half marathon and previously really? the past two years were there. When I was in so, elementary school, I'll I'll share something now that I've never shared before because no one cares. <laughs> but when I was in elementary school, I did the Cowtown 10K. We like, we trained for it. I think my 10 K time was like two and a half hours. <laughs> it's like, a, <laughs> like a third grader. So I we mean, both, yeah, have, we both have breaking that news here. Running, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> so how I am th- that, this is fascinating. How, how did this world record come on your radar and what interests you about it? <laughs> so the reason why it came in my radar is because I, I was looking for something to do. I was looking for something to train for. I had just recently, um, not was it last year, 2022, so the year before last, in December, I had just came off of the World Championships for Spartan. So I okay. just came back from um, Abu Dhabi, and oh, I felt like um, that I needed to, to work towards something else. It just took me a while to get there. So I just started yeah. just kind of scrolling on Instagram, you know, just looking for things to do. And yeah. I ran across this page. He was like a serial um, Guinness world record breaker. Like he literally <laughs> just goes on the website, sees what he can break yeah. and, um, and does it. And so I was like, well, let me go on this website and see if there's something that I think I can do. <laughs> um, and so that's how I kind of, I, I went on there, I searched half marathon and I just yeah. started sifting through all the records. And I felt like for the one with handcuffs, it kind of spoke to me because I felt like I wanted to do one that that really resonated with where I was in life mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I feel like, especially now I'm, I'm in, I was in a transition of like just mental battles. And I always yeah. felt like, you know, well, 
if I can break a world record wearing handcuffs, I mean, that means that no matter what, you know, in life, theoretically speaking, you know, yeah. I could probably do it no matter how difficult or what obstacles are thrown at me. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a symbolic thing. Yeah, it's like um, an external representation of what's happening inside of you. Right, exactly. Yeah. And Man, um, so when great. I saw the time, the time is one twenty-five nineteen. Yeah. And I and I'm like, I, I mean, I think I can do that. My PR right now is one twenty, um, okay. and that was two years ago. So I don't even know. Um, I, I haven't like really sprinted a, a half marathon in a long time. I just ran one a couple of weeks ago, and I okay. went one twenty two. Oh, um, nice! Just just so a, you know, around around your neighborhood, or was it just for fun, or was it a competitive race? Yeah, it was actually in Fort Worth. It was just one of those you know, you get an email on run sign up like half marathon yeah. in your area. And yeah. I was like, all right, and it was a it was the uh, time travel half marathon or something. The metal had sound effects, <laughs> and so <laughs> and so I was like, I've never had a metal with sound effects before. So I signed up for it and just went out there. So that's kind of like my um, my checkpoint right now. But I mean, you know, wearing haircuts is going to be obviously a completely different issue, uh, a different battle. Are you wearing them in the front or the back? So I'll be wearing them in the front. Okay, it makes you feel a little better thankfully. in case you trip. Yeah, yeah, thankfully. <laughs> Hopefully you don't. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so uh, talk talk to me a little bit about then, because a lot of what I talk about at Borderlands is this juggling of personal life and our just, you know, obsession with running. So, you know, I've seen on Instagram, you've, you've got, uh, you're a dad, I believe I've seen. Right. And yeah. you're a pharmacist. And you're training for these big efforts that require a lot of time. And then you're a content creator, which, you know, most of the people that aren't don't know how, just how much time that takes to get out a, you right. know, a, a 20 second video. Um, tell, tell me a little bit about, uh, tomorrow, the dad and the uh, pharmacist, what's life, what's your day in and day out life like? Yeah. So, you know, luckily for my you know, my career, I was able to, when I graduated to get a remote pharmacist job. So I, I work a mm. lot with, um, creating educational sheets for oncology patients, um, for the providers to hand out to them when they're you Got know it. counseling and kind of helping the, the patient understand what it is that they're about to go through some of the, you know, changes in their lives that they're about to see and, and how to essentially wow. cope with them and just, just be more aware of what's coming in the future. So because of that, I've had the opportunity to really stay at home, you know, essentially all the time with my uh, newborn, because he was born in June of last year. So he's only a little over seven, yeah, a little oh. over seven months old. So um, just being able to be around with, you know, my, with my wife, it's been a, a journey, but it's been definitely beneficial for us that I was able to, yeah. you know, get a job like this. And it also helps with kind of like you said, with content creation, because I, I always think of it as since I don't have to commute to and from work, that's kind of the time that I use to, you know, create content. Mm -hmm. I just try yeah. to look at areas where it's like, if I were to do this, you know, I would, I would lose this time. So how, now that I don't do have that time, how do I use it to my advantage? Yeah. Um, so that's really kind of how I go about you know, my time management and things like that. Man, that, that's, that's cool. So, I mean, you, as we move kind of toward the content that you're creating, I opened up saying, Hey, you know, it's, I, I it, it's helped me with mechanics and 
for context in the world of ultra running, there's mm-hmm. phenomenal coaches out there. There's phenomenal resources, great with nutrition. I don't see a lot about form. And I think that's why, you know, the benevolent Instagram chose to send you my way because there's no one in the ultra world creating this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, you know, high mileage, you know, let's say even 30 miles or more. A lot of us undertrained bad runners, like we're, we're hunched over, you know, we're, our bodies are depleted and there's, there's nutritional stuff that we can be doing better that can help us with that. Um, there's volume training that we can be doing better than that. And, or, you know, to help with that, there's our, our large volume blocks can be done better where we, maybe we train on the terrain that our race is going to be on and that will help us. But there's just no one that I'm seeing at least every once in a while, um, an influencer creator in the space of ultra running, will talk about mechanics. So before we go into some specifics on that, is that how, how do you think of yourself as a creator? Is that how you see, I mean, you offer such practical advice on how to move your body when you run along with some inspirational stuff, but is, is that how you think of it? Yeah. And I think it's really kind of, you know, overflowing from my job. I really enjoy kind of educating people and making Mm. things simple. And when I started content creating, which wasn't long ago, I, I started um, 15 months ago, actually. Oh man. Great, so, great uh, amount of followers and that amount of time about, I think I saw like 42 or 43,000 already. Right. Yes. Now it's, it's definitely been, uh, done fine seeing yeah. that number go up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <bet>. um, <laughs> but yeah, so when I, when I first started getting into it, you know, I kind of had that same idea that, that you were kind of touching on is, well, you know, there's a ton of creators out there, but, who's a creator that's that's taking that approach or trying to educate people on how to be better, more efficient, um, energy conserving runners. Um, Because that's kind of one thing that I learned when I really got into a marathon is you have to conserve energy as much as you can. You don't want your battery, excuse me, you don't want your battery to deplete, you know, halfway through. And um, a lot of times, you know, that, that comes from your form. It comes from how fast you start, you know, negative splitting among other things, but uh, mm-hmm. You really just do have to focus on that form and having great posture, you know, hip strength, mobility, just because it just, it allows your body to, to get used to it and, and to really mm-hmm. propel yourself forward and as using as least energy as possible. Yeah. Gosh, so many questions. I, I, maybe one is where did you, where did you learn this stuff? Like when you're a college athlete, that's most of my audience. We don't have that in our past. Do you get a lot of like like really practical training like this uh, when you're a athlete in high school and college is, is, is that where this came from? Yeah, it is because I used to have terrible form. Um, mm. I've always been a relaxed runner since, yeah. as far as I can remember, but you can be too relaxed as well. So when I got to college, one of the things that coach was trying to fix was my trying to be more relaxed in a, in a better way. Cause when mm-hmm. I ran, when I got to college, I would run, like I would be the person that would be flopping their arms, <laughs> you know, when they're running because like, yeah. I'm just trying to, yeah. you know, my whole body's just limp. Yeah. And you you so, had the hustle, but maybe not the form. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, um, I learned a lot of tips, uh, you know, at Lamar, just trying to make my form a lot better. Um, you know, how to hold my hands, how to hold my wrists, mm-hmm. how to drop my shoulders, chin low. I learned, a ton of stuff at Lamar to 
to really propel myself um, and, and kind of take that next step because like, like you said in the beginning, I was just running. I just go out there and say, okay, I got to get from point A to point B. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happens in ultra running most of the time because it's such an, ins- an infectious soul sport that we go out and we, we try and run 50 K and we, we do our best and what we love, we end up falling in love with the suffering. Not in the moment, but when we look back on it, we're just like, we're proud of ourselves. We love the people, we, you know, we love what it says about who we are, that we can do hard things and all that sort of stuff. But also there reaches this point where eventually maybe like with what you're talking about, like the the, the bad form, the arms flailing, there reaches a point where if I could get better at that stuff, I could go further or right. a little bit, I could improve my time. Right. And so with you, as as you started to learn this stuff at Lamar, uh, and, and, you know, other resources, did you start to just see your times getting faster and faster or were your recovery times getting better? What, what were the outright benefits of better form? Yeah, I wouldn't say my times necessarily got faster from form. Um, I think just everything that I was learning kind of essentially made me take the next step because what I was starting to understand was, I'm not, like you said, I'm not as tired when I finish. Um, And so now I'm able to do at practice, I'm able to do more reps and doing more reps allows my my muscles to get stronger. And, you know, with stronger muscles, you're able to go further using less energy because, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously they're bigger. And so now you won't take as much to go, let's say a three meter stride versus a three and a half meter stride. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just, it'll be a little bit easier. So I think that when my form started becoming I guess more on the I was I would say more of a, a structured level. I mm-hmm. was able to focus on other things and oh. I was able to do more. So um because I, I just think that a lot of people may not realize how you know how efficient you can be if you just focus on that. And and I've even seen runners go to the extreme, they call it T Rex arms, where they kind of run like this, you know, <laughs> just so they can conserve energy. But yeah. I get the, you know, I get the sentiment of it. I get what they're, you know, where they're trying to go with it. And yeah. um, I think that's kind of what happened with me is when I when I realized I was able to do more, that's kind of, you know, what allowed me to take that next step. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And and in the Like when you have better movement, when you have more efficient movement, I think that's the word you keep using when you're more efficient, Mm -hmm. practically, does your, does your heart rate stay lower? I mean, do you pay attention to that sort of, do you, are you a heart rate kind of focused runner? Yes and no. Um, I'm not necessarily a zone, you know, zone two, zone three type of runner, but I do focus on my heart rate in the sense that I don't ever like it to be, you know, close to my max heart rate. So I look at it as like, in that form but when when people say things like you know run a conversational pace or run an easy pace i i use those terms sometimes but i really try to stay away from because it's different for everybody for me specifically i can run you know um 6 30 pace all day long and my heart rate will be around zone three right right now my max heart rate is 190 you know because of my age and Mm -hmm. normally when i'm running 630s my heart rate's floating around 165 Okay. But for a lot of people, they would say I'm working too hard because, you know, they're they're focused on that. But for me, yeah. I mean, I'm able to run that all day. I can talk to you. I answer the phone. You know, I'm yeah. singing music, running down the street. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing all of this at 630 pace. And yeah. um, when you look at it from that 
standpoint, it's kind of like, okay, well, I, I look at it as more like a, a, a habitual pace, I guess you could say. Mm. So a lot of people would say that you, you know, looking at that, you are working too hard, but I, I mean, I'm just used to it. And, and I've tried running zone two running before, and it's just not something for me personally yeah. that I want to do because in order for me to get my heart rate down to like 140, I'd have to run nine minute pace. And yeah. that's just not me. Personally. I, I get it. I mean, cause on some level, yeah. especially cause you got the day job, you're, you're a family man. If you're going to take the time to run, you also want to love every run. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> so that zone two stuff for me, that, that can put me at like 12 to 13 on a park run. And while I, while I can connect the dots on like the lump, maybe some long-term value, I also just don't love it. And I want to, and I, and I, in order to do it, I, I need to be loving it a little bit more than that. Right. Yeah, I agree um, with that. And I've, I've even, you know, I've, I've done things where sometimes I'll say, okay, like when I'm looking at my training plan, um, if I just don't have the time, you know, to run that many miles at, my, at that pace, yeah. then that also factors into it as well. You know, mm. not everybody necessarily has the time to go on a three hour run or a two and a half hour run. Right. Um, so it's kind of like you have to use the time that you have and and not necessarily get as many miles as you as you can out of that time because you shouldn't, yeah. you know, obviously you shouldn't run every run um, as yeah. fast as possible, right. as quickly as possible. Yeah, I, I think I, I can, saw that on your Instagram, like, um, because there's there's a big, you know, trend going around of like, if you run slower to run faster. Right. And what And I got real confused. And so I, you know, I'm a sucker. So I started running slower and I realized I'm not running faster. And you, but you've stated the obvious that honestly, very few people did. You still have to run fast, like twice a week. Right. You, you can right. just chill the other five. You can, you cannot push it as hard the other five, but you don't run faster by running slower. If you a hundred percent of the time run slower. <laughs> right. You still have to work on those, um, fast twitch muscles, you know? Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're always utilizing the muscles that allow you to just pick your you know, kind of pick your feet up and just lay them back down, then that's what you're going to be used to at the race. You still have to yeah. have those hot steps. You have to work on those twitch muscles. So, yeah. um, like I said, it, it's really more of like, like a, they, they say the 80, 20 rule. Um, yeah. but I just, you know, I just always say if you can do it once or twice a week then you're on the right track. And then just, yeah. uh, like I said before, the other runs, you just kind of, you know, chill, run the pace you want to run, have fun with yeah. it, like you said, and, and everything will fall into place. Yeah. As we, you know, as I, as I kind of approach landing the plane here with our conversation, I, I, the, the piece of advice that then made me want to reach out to you, cause I, you, you put it on there, you put it on your Instagram and I tried it and I was like, Oh, I get it. Like, yeah, I've been running for t 10 years. I've been trying for the hundred mile distance for like seven. And you were talking about something about maybe getting tired less or whatever, but like running with your hamstrings, picking up your leg, as opposed to pushing your leg out or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, and so basically I know I'm getting that wrong. So I'll have you explain a little bit better here in a second. But I, once I started picking up my leg, like you showed in the video, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can run further now with better form. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, in my park runs is where I'm really focusing on it. And now like that I've, that I'm doing it. It's like, yeah, that's the strong, that's a much stronger muscle. And my muscles that go the quickest in ultras are always my hip flexors. So right. I thought that was interesting. And so uh, this is where I get kind of selfish. So first explain what I just said better. <laughs> and second, <laughs> well, you know, aside from really just about every post that you do being practically useful, 
what sort of tips would you have for me? Uh, you know, that would help me with my, with my running form that would help me survive, keep strength, run more efficiently thinking up, you know, mile 60, 70 or 80. So first correct me, (laughs) explain that principle a bit better about running with your hamstrings. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of people, when they run, um, they don't normally utilize their hamstrings because it's, it's more of like a, like a drag. I don't want to say a drag, but that's kind of like the best way to put it is people just kind of run through the motions. But when you're actually utilizing your hamstrings, you actually, you can feel it when you're utilizing it. Um, You're able to kind of propel yourself a little forward more, you know, you have that energy Mm -hmm. um, and you're able to kind of take a, take a bigger leap, I guess you could say, almost like a jump. Um, And so when you do that, it not only helps you take that, that higher leap, but now you have more energy and you have more, um, you're, you're better in a better position to push down as well. So, Mm. and it's kind of like a sprinting thing. So when you're, you know, they always say you have to, you know, kind of hop like that, um, and be quick Mm. on your feet. But when, when you actually focus on using your hamstrings, um, it's, it's just a muscle that a lot of people, like you said, they have stronger hamstrings. It is, is never really kind of think about it. Mm. And um, it really just helps with your, with your inner energy efficiency and, um, you know, kind of allow you to, to really just run more or run with a better form, Mm. (laughs) if you will. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Cause that muscle you're, you're picking up your leg. Right. With a very, with a strong muscle compared to when you're like, we'll call it like the ultra shuffle, you know, when Mm -hmm. our late race and our form is awful, you're barely picking your feet up off the ground. By the time you're at that point, the muscles that you're using are just not used. You know, they're not right. used to being used. So, yeah, I mean, to me, and I'll, and I'll make sure and post it in the show notes, like that that Instagram post where you showed that. So, you know, as we describe it verbally, mm-hmm. we can also, people can click on it and see um, you right. demonstrating it. I, I see you talk about plyometrics. Is something like that useful to uh, someone trying to go 100 miles? Well, I think that in the beginning, yes. Um, but when you start getting to muscle fatigue, you know, uh, probably around like mile, I, w- I would assume mile 40 and, and above. Yep. Um, plyometrics don't necessarily help as much. Um, by then, it's more so, you know, as we all know, the mental game. I mean, you even have the mental game in the marathon as well. Um, yep. Not nearly as much, but when it comes to things like that, I think the the things that will kind of help you is for me personally is to kind of not necessarily think about the distance and not really look ahead. Um, but look down and, and focus on your next step, you know, every Mm. step, how can this next step be better? Um, Mm. I like to talk about, you know, in some of my tips, proprioception, you know, which Mm. is a lot of trail runners, they have to use that, especially with all the rocks and the pebbles. Um, so I think that, when you when you get to that point and you start really getting into your head, um, lean into it. I'm an emotional runner. Um, yeah. I like to consider myself an emotional runner. Some of my best runs are runs that I'm crying, and not crying mm. in a sense of like mad or you know sad, but like frustration that things aren't quote unquote going my way. But mm. those are always my best runs because it's like, well, I I kept going. Not only did I keep going, but I finished, and yeah. now I'm better because of it. Um, so when, 
you know, when you're in your head and, and you're, you're having these mental battles, um, for me, I just, I just always kind of lean into them and, um, mm. and just let it play out. And, and I think that's more so what would be beneficial versus like using things like plyometrics at that, and you know, at that end of the race, that late yeah. race survival aspect. Yeah. So you're saying you kind of embrace the moment, uh, right. and you know, in as much as you still have brain power available, really still, still, still think about how to make an efficient next step. Right. Even if don't just like give up, basically, once you give up on right, more yeah. efficient running, you're kind of giving up on the race. You're, yeah. You're giving up on a lot of things. And, and as long as you just, if you, I mean, you know, I, I understand the battle. I mean, yeah. and when you get to that point, it's, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I've never done it, but I can definitely yeah. wholeheartedly understand the yeah. battle. And, yeah. um, I know that, you know, it's easier said than done, but I think that, you know, as long as you're as much as you can trying to focus on the little things, then, yeah. the, you know, it's kind of like a puzzle. The big picture comes into play at the end. You just have yeah. to take it piece by piece. Yeah. And you just came off of 31 days of, of running tips in a row for the month of January of those tips. Uh, which, you know, which ones hit hardest? What were the biggest ones that you could, you know, share here? One or two, you know, that, that seemed like they resonated the most. Yeah, I think the, well, it's a, the biggest tip so far that I've kind of seen is when I tell people, you know, to focus on dynamic stretching, um, mm-hmm. and less on static stretching when it comes to warming up. That was going to um, be my because, last question too. That's the, cause that's your yeah. post that has like 2 million hits. Right. You're talking yeah, about mobility because no, yeah. this is my question is mobility because you get so tight late race. I don't mean to cut you off, but right. you've gone exactly no, where I want to go. That's this is great. <laughs> so keep going. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think the reason why that resonates with so many people is, you know, when they think about, OK, I'm about to start running. Let me go outside. And, and people that have no knowledge of running at all, the first thing they do is, you know, start stretching. And that doesn't necessarily <laughs> prepare you for a run. Yeah. Um, as much as dynamic stretching does. Because dynamic mm. stretching not only does it warm up your muscles, but it prepares your muscles to do what you're about to do, you know, going through the, the motions, um, kind of preparing your legs to know, okay, I'm going to be, my legs are going to be going up and down, up and down. It's not going to be mm-hmm. just straight, you know, touching the ground. Right. Um, and <laughs> right. then another thing, you know, with that is when you do stretch uh, or static stretch cold muscles, um, in the extreme case, I like to think of it as like trying to stretch a cold rubber band, you know, mm. it'll pop. And, you know, mm. that doesn't happen, but that's, you know, kind of how I try to explain it. Like your muscles need to be warm uh, for you to start stretching. Yeah. So I personally always tell people, you know, do it after the run, but you can status stretch after warm up as well. If that's, you know, if that's what you're used mm. to. It's just yeah. best to you know warm them up first. And I think that's why that one always resonates with people because it's like something like, oh, I didn't know that, you know? And so normally yeah. that, I think that's why everybody loves that tip. Yeah. Um, and then a second tip is the, and, and I'm sure most trail runners know this, but um, wearing the proper, you know, size shoes, you need to have that space in your shoes for it to move back and forth, especially mm. when you're running super long distances. Um, when your feet start swelling up from mm-hmm. running, you don't yeah. want your, you know, your shoes to get tight. And that's yeah. how people, you know, start having those bruises, black toenails and things like that. So interesting. Um, that's another one people always, you know, kind of so, 
say thank do you, you for. <laughs> do you recommend like a half size up or, you know, I mean, people can kind of feel it out, but what, what do you, what's your general rule of thumb? Yeah, I reckon in the beginning, a half size up because it's not, it's something to get used to. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Like if, if you're not used to having that much room in your shoe, you don't want to just yeah. jump up to a size, but I, I go a, a full size up. Um, but for people who oh. don't really, you know, understand or not understand, but really feel, don't know what it feels like. Like in the beginning, I think a half size is good. And once you start really getting into running, then you'll start seeing how much, you know, of an improvement to your foot health it will have. Hmm. Um, and then you can start, you know, messing around with the, with the full size. Yeah, that's great. Well, one last question here for you. And it's, it's general. And I mean, and this is going to show you really, and I think I represent the average runner who's non elite in trail running, but this kind of shows you where it's at. Like we don't, we don't talk about mobility. I've only had one other person kind of even mention it to me offhand. Can you give me just kind of a high level explanation of mobility and then maybe even why mobility, you know, regularly integrating some sort of mobility exercises or, or, you know, before your runs, what is the benefit of that? Yeah. So the biggest benefit is really just so you're not stiff. Um, the best way to run is to run relaxed and to, you know, focus on form. And it's kind of hard to do that if your muscles are tight, you know, if they're mm -hmm. stiff and when you're going through the motions, you know, you're not, I'm, Every time you go running, you're not going to do the same warm up. You may not always have the time to do the same warm up. Some people right. use their first mile as their warm up. You know, they just start off really, really slow and then yeah. kick it off. And so, in regards to mobility, the reason why that's important to do on those days where you know you maybe have a day off, you focus on that hip mobility, you focus on that um, knee mobility. It, it, it helps lubricate those joints and kind of keep mm. them, you know, primed for the, you know, the runs or the workouts that you're going to do in the future. Yeah. Um, and it really just helps give that cushion in within your joint. So you don't have that, you know, knee pain, hip pain, you know, have that full range of motion because your, your body is used to, um, going through those mobility exercises and going mm. through those dynamic stretches. Um, and it really helps for people who are for sprinting for sure. But like people who, who get tight towards the end of their race, like their five Ks or 10 Ks or marathon, you know, a lot yeah. of people start getting into themselves. They start looking up and they start kind of doing this thing. Yes. Or if you, you know, kind of focus on always just being, you know, yeah. relaxed and knowing that, hmm. you know, this, your body's made to move. It's not made to be tense. Yeah. And so, um, that's just, think it that's, can loosen that's up really mid race. Like a, let's say marathon, um, you know, if you're feeling tight, cause it, you know, when, when we're ultras, we're not terribly worried about our finish time. So let's say late race, mm. marathon, late race of a ultra, feeling stiff you could, could do are mobility exercises useful when you're in the act or are they really only like a preventative thing that you want to do before you know like in the months leading up to the race yeah it's really more of a preventative thing in the <laughs> act um kind of one thing that i always do is i'll i'll do this and then drop it that way i know you know i'm not tense like i'll, I'll bring mm. up and drop so i'll do that with my yeah. arms like when i'm running a, a marathon i'll do it a lot where i just instead of you know always doing it sometimes i just drop them and kind of let them hang so i know okay they, you know that you still got something that's interesting yeah yeah, yeah. so that way it's not like because you'll, you'll start feeling pain and and especially in the longer races in places you've never felt pain before yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so um it's just good to always kind of like just make mm. sure you're not you know tense up and 
and flexing muscles that you shouldn't be flexing and, and, you know, conserving that energy for later on. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, Tamara, thanks for joining. I could talk to you all day about this stuff. You're so good at explaining it and I'll make sure and, and point everybody in your direction, um, on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for doing this and I, and I hope we can do it again sometime. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Hey, real quick, we've got an app coming out soon called Wilder. In fact, by the time you hear this, it may already be out. We're going to tell you all about it soon. Just want you to know about it. Love you.